0: Welcome to the Between the Dream Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Monday, June 15th, 2020. Hope that you all are doing well. Hope that you had a great weekend as we spent another week in club quarantine. Coming to you live from the isolation station here in Seattle, Washington. And I am not alone today. I am joined by a good friend and a brother of mine all the way from the Midwest Mr. Lucas Tyndale is here today. I just wanna let you all know that you are in for a treat. Lucas does so much. Like myself, he's a speaker, he's an author. Him and his amazing wife do some work around uh, marriage counseling and, and just building up couples. He is a corporate trainer. The list goes on, and I'm going to let him tell you about himself. But, man, without further ado, welcome, Brother Lucas. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, man.
1: Richard Taylor Jr., my man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today.
0: Hey, absolutely, bro. So, you are in Ohio, correct?
1: That is correct. Hall of Fame my man. City. Canton, Ohio, <laughs> twenty minutes south of where Young LeBron James grew up. You know, it's Here a good you place go, to man. be.
0: Oh, go James! <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so oh, so right. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. But man, so I am so grateful just having you on today, man. We are in such an interesting space right now when we talk about the start of 2020. We are six months in. So far, we have seen fires in Australia. We lost Kobe Bean Brian, and his daughter Gianna we have experienced COVID-19, murder hornets, Yes, Kim Jong-un died and came back to life. <laughs> We've lost several, several innocent people to uh, non, just nonsense yes. um, on the violent side, definitely by the hands of authority or yes, people sir. that wanted to take authority into their hands. So now we're seeing an uproar when it comes to the conversations of racism and a lot of the privilege and turmoil that has taken place in America throughout its founding. We've got so much happening within the first six months. Like we're not even done technically like with the sixth month of the year yet. And we've gotten a lot already. And so, man, I thought it would be very fitting to have this conversation with you because as all of this stuff has sprouted out and things have happened, one of the things that I'm thinking about is, okay, we see it, it's out in the open what do we do moving forward? And I know that you are a solution-driven leader. Uh, Man, you do a ton of work in leadership. And before we get started with this conversation, can you just kind of let us know a little, a lot of bit about that work and the leadership and what you're doing?
1: Absolutely. Um, So what I do uh, under my own business, Tyndale Training, which uh, I started in 2015, Um, I really started the company around my book and uh, around helping couples with relationships doing training. I looked at it as though I'm your relationship personal trainer. I want to help you get mentally, spiritually, emotionally fit love for it, relationships. Love it. Um, physical fitness is good too. You know, a lot of people yes, think <laughs> need that too, right? You, know, you want to have a healthy yeah. relationship, look good for each other, but but looking good on the outside and being a mess on the inside doesn't do us any good. Facts. So, mental, spiritual, emotional fitness is what I was all about, what I what I am still all about. Uh, My first book, The Man Manual, 10 Steps to Better Understanding Your Man, was a book to women to say, hey, and a lot of men read it and said, hey, that was helpful to me too, because it put words and context around the way they were feeling. And for the women, it gave them insight into, here's just a basic look at at a man. If you were to look at a man as an electronic product, if you were to look at him as a computer, uh, the supercomputer that God made us, um, highly intellectual yet fragile, Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do things sim- as simple as take, getting them out of the box, which is getting them to open up? How do you reprogram when their programming has been poor because of negative life experiences, things like that? So Love that's it. what the book was about. So I started the company around that and the work that my wife and I were doing with couples. And it evolved over years because shortly after that that time, I started working for a leadership development consulting firm called SideTrain. Amazing company, amazing leadership working with amazing companies all over the world truly testing their truly testing leaders in various areas through simulations and mm. seeing if they actually had what it takes to be a good leader not just that they can answer questions or read a book but we tested them in simulations and role plays and things where we had we we tested to see can you navigate difficult waters? Can you navigate the difficult things that come up for leaders through business cases, role plays, and other things that were just dynamic? And it was love, mm-hmm. love, love working for that company. Um, I was recruited then, went on to do corporate training for a healthcare management company. And then after that, this past October, I went full time in doing my own business, doing corporate training, leadership development, love coaching, it. training, consulting, And uh, it's just a joy, a love and a passion of mine because it's around helping people and across everything I do. That's what I'm all about.
0: Yeah, man. I know you got such a great heart for seeing others thrive when it comes to living a full and whole life. And that's one of the things I think when and it's funny, you know, a lot of for the followers on here that are listening. I actually met Lucas's wife first through Periscope back in 2015, I believe, right? right. And she told you like, yo, you gotta check this brother out. And we connected, man, and we've been connected since. And so it's been amazing just to watch this journey, to watch you grow, and to actually see you go from a space where you take that leap of faith Um, with the thing that you're passionate about and really aligning it on the purpose side to say, I'm going to go full time with this and really make it work. You hit on something that I think is going to be the epicenter of our conversation today, which is the the fact that you want to see people win, you want to see them do well, you're a lover of people, you are, in my eyes, a Barnabas when it comes to really just mm. promoting people. Yeah, you know, when you look at Barnabas in the Bible, that's what he did. You know, he was he was a supporter, he was a cheerleader, but he also, you know, if there was a space to where he could create a seat at a table. Or get you a seat, like, and you do that for so many people. I know you're doing it a lot lot right now with Lucas Live, um, with your show, and it's been phenomenal seeing you bring on so many guests. I was blessed to be a guest this past week, and so it it was it was phenomenal, man. Thank you so much, bro. Still
1: trying to put it back together. (laughs) I love it. People are still reaching out
0: to me, and the views are still going up. So, thank you again. Hey, man. No, we we had a blast, bro. And so one of the things that I'm thinking about is that. Um, With those of you all listening to this podcast episode today, in some capacity, in some way, shape or form, you are a leader you are a leader whether it comes to you leading your household whether it comes to you leading you know the local community around you maybe you're a leader when it comes to having a bigger social media platform pastor maybe you are a leader behind the scenes you're the administrator that that puts everything together to make sure it flows and functions in some way shape or form we all are leaders right and and lucas i know with the climate that we're in right now with everything taking place around us man now is the time for us as leaders to be able to step up, to right the wrongs, to listen. I know we've got a lot of white folks right now who are really trying to chime in and get a gain a, a greater understanding for things that they're being waken up to when it comes to the fact that they're seeing and realizing like, wow, this is where the world is. And I've been a little oblivious because it hasn't been my lived experience, right? But then on the flip side too, you know, we, you and I had a really good conversation the other day talking about the pain and hurt from black people in the black community. And one of the things that I love about you and your training and your work, just like mine, is that we get a chance to meet a plethora of people from all walks of life, Absolutely. right? So black, white, Latino, um, you know, Asian, Pacific Islander, indigenous folks, you name it, we've had them in the room maybe all at one time or maybe sometimes in their own respective spaces, right? And in that I think it's so important because we have the ability to bridge this gap when it comes to creating a more unified people, a more unified America, and a more unified body as we move forward with our millennial generation, our Gen Z coming up. And it's gonna be important, man. And I just wanted to have you on here to talk more about that today. As a leader, as somebody who leads people, what are some of the most pressing things that you are either feeling and or seeing when it comes to, hey, these are some solid solutions that we can utilize and bring into the fold to help make this thing better i think uh first of all that's an excellent question and something
1: that the world has been grappling with leadership has always been a thing Mm -hmm. leadership is not maybe we study it more maybe we look at it more maybe we're looking at big data and analytics more but leadership has always been a thing from uh the time of christ and, and beyond before and uh caesar and all these there's always been leaders who have come up some good some bad right but nonetheless they lead and here's the crazy part about leadership that always blows my mind is that I, i always said if if someone as evil as hitler could get people to follow him and do the ill will that he had certainly we especially those who are believers who are followers of christ certainly there's an ability to be an effective leader if you really put your mind and your heart and your whole belief behind it he believed what he was saying that's why mm-hmm. people believed what he was saying yeah I, yeah I think one area in leadership is conviction i think leaders lack conviction the reason a lot of leaders lack conviction is because they're chasing money and money blows around like the raffle machine at Chuck E Cheese you get in there and you're trying to catch the tickets or the the, the lottery thing where the, the tickets are flying around if if businesses and Families and churches and leaders everywhere are chasing dollars. It's like like Solomon said, it's like grasping for the wind. You're it's va- it's the it's vanity of vanities. It's nothing. It's like we have to have purpose, and with purpose comes conviction, and with conviction yes, comes yes. A, a, a a vision that people can follow. And you know, and the Bible says without a vision the people perish. And I yeah. think what people don't realize is they assume that always means like death, like the people die. Well they can and have, but it also means without a vision in a marriage, the people yes, perish, yes, which means yes. they separate, right? They're no longer together. In a business, the people perish, which means the great workers move on to another organization with a greater vision. Yeah. In churches, the people perish, they move on to other churches with greater vision. The people perish without vision. So I think one thing that, that we need right now is conviction. We need people to have a clear vision and we need to move forward in a more systematic way to break down some of the things that are going on in our world right now and I think in so on so many levels right now, what's being exposed is a lack of leadership. It's just a lack of leadership. There's no clear direction. Who's who's Dr. King right now? Who's who? Right? It's That's like
0: facts. Yes. we don't
1: know. So there's audi- there, one group is you know walking quietly. The other group is breaking out the windows. The other group mm-hmm. is setting something on fire. The other group yes. is now you know Black Lives Matter does not mean we hate white people, right? Mm-hmm. But there's some people out there who are trying to they're becoming reverse racist, right? They're they're becoming racist. This is not the way we need to go. We need to come together and we need to find solutions that really serve the greater need of all people.
0: I love it. I love it. And I think you're absolutely right, man. And a big part of that too, I did a video a few weeks ago talking about the importance of, um, learning listening and and loving right there are a few things that love does for us as people and it's funny because i know you know this from a standpoint of marriage obviously right but even beyond marriage you know when we talk about life in general man there are some uh huge things that love does love listens love learns and love empathizes and that's not just with the relational aspect of a marriage that's you know that's that's a parental and, and, and child relationship. That is our friendships. But then I think also, too, when you talk about the relationships of getting a chance to commune and learn people that you don't know, you know, maybe that you're coming in contact with for the first time. Or maybe that you've been in contact with, but um, you, you, you haven't actually gotten a chance to ever fully see them until now. Mm, that's so right? Yes. And so in this, what are some of the things that we need to do, you know, because I think that love can lead the way. Yeah. Right. And it sounds so storybookish. It sounds cliche, you know, but I think that love does play a huge part in in what we what one what we need to see. And I think, two, what's being overshadowed. And the reason why I'm saying it's being overshadowed is because I know <clears throat> you being a man in media, seeing how things work in media. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it, it's been a lot of messaging going around that isn't true when it comes to we can take a quick shot aerial or on the ground of one area, but it doesn't capture the whole thing. Or we can take a shot and a picture of that area, but completely be oblivious to the fact that, while you got a 60 foot radius of of what looks like detriment and danger, you didn't catch the other six blocks of people of all cultures together, right? Holding hands, praying, chanting, marching providing care and food for each other. And so I think that in that, man, what I'm noticing at least from being on the ground and being active and making sure I'm challenging myself to be in these spaces that love is very present, right? Yes. We've got to open our eyes to it though. Absolutely.
1: I, I think love, as you say that, it, it reminds me that love is walking and talking, right? Love mm-hmm. is, is coming together. Love is communing together. Mm-hmm. And if we don't walk with each other, And talk with each other and experience each other's experiences. We can't walk in love. How do I, it's hard for me to love. If I didn't live in that same house and spend as much time as I did with my wife, how do I really love her? I don't even know her. I don't even know how she experiences love or how she receives love, but it's walking and talking children with their parents. We love them. Unconditionally, because they were with us when we took those first steps and we yeah. said those first words. Love is walking and talking. So, it was with different races and male and female, and whatever it is, if we're trying to understand someone that's different than us, we need to walk with those people and experience their experiences and talk with those people and listen to their experiences, listen to their life, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears. And I think at the end of the day, if we did that as a, as a nation, if we did that in our communities, if we did that in our schools, if we did that that's wherever good. we are, wherever we go in business, the world would start to change because people would say, wait a minute, it's not just a headline, it's not just a sound bite. This person who I know and I walk with and I've talked with has experienced um, being, being uh, prejudged based on something that wasn't fair and that's not cool. Or this person has great empathy even though they're not a black person they have great empathy for what's going on with black people but i didn't know that because all i watch is on the news that says they're they're not with us uh, and and we forget that really humans have a desire to be and to be tribal to come together to work Absolutely. together and to accomplish greater goals together so love no, to me as I
0: agree it is and so with that man one of the things that i think about as you say that is as a country and as a people, I think that for the longest period of time, man, we definitely in this first world aspect that we're in, man, we're selfish. Like we are, if we can be objective, man, like, cause that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of times people think that, oh, like we, we can't say anything bad or we can't, we can't judge or we can't, uh, 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 have any kind of objections towards the state and space that we live in or any and that's not the truth like you know it's because of of her beauty you know i I forgot who who stated that but they were like it's because of america's beauty and it's because of america's power that it deserves the right to be objectified at times right to Mm. to have to to have us critique it so that we can, as a leader, right? You know, we're talking about how we are the leading country. We're the leading nation. Like, yo, anything that leads deserves the opportunity, you know, to be critiqued so that we can make sure that we are truly what we say we are. Absolutely. Because it's very easy for people, and I know you've seen this on the corporate side and working with people in general as leaders. One of the things that we do as leaders sometimes is that we carry the title and the position but we have stopped or we've created a shortage to actually putting in that investment to be all that we are doing under that title, Mm, right? And so in that, I think it's important for us to make sure that we get out of our selfish ways and and, and in in an attempt to be able to truly get a chance to learn somebody else, right? And then a part of that is care too, because I think if we can be honest, outside of our selfishness, Some of us have a heart issue when it comes to just not caring about others. Absolutely. Right. And so we've got to be able to get to those root causes to deal with this, man. So from a solution driven standpoint, you speaking to this audience here and other leaders around the world, what do you say to those when it comes to what are some tangible steps that people can take to really getting beyond themselves to serve others and to learn others so that we can move forward effectively as one?
1: I think the first thing is an awakening, which I think we're seeing happening in our country and a desire to want to, to continue to wake up. It's, yeah. uh, wow, I didn't realize so many people were experiencing this. And now that I know this, I wanna seek out more information and walk and talk to more people to get more experiences. That's good. Um, One of my favorite philosophies when it comes to business uh, was from a book called The 360 Degree Leader by John Maxwell, one of my favorite leadership development uh, speakers, trainers, authors and john maxwell and the 300s and i was a young leader in business i was mm-hmm. in my 20s I, I i became a leader in business at 19 i became a supervisor at 23 i was an administrator of an early childhood center working with communities children and families and 25 wow. 26 i was executive director of three facilities and a uh, hundred employees and uh, hundreds of children and families and I, I but i didn't know how to lead I, I wasn't really sure how to lead when i first got the position so i was reading up on leadership but I wasn't just reading it, I was trying to apply it. Like I, yeah, knowing yeah, yeah. it isn't gonna get it, right? And that's the problem. <laughs> and, and That's that's true of all things, right? Even right now what's going on. Someone knowing, waking up to the fact that racism is actually still happening, that's cool. But if you don't do something about it, if, if you don't actively engage in something that's gonna help create change, your knowing is nothing, it doesn't help anybody. So yeah. I think we all just need to take our sense of knowing to the next level and do something about it. John Maxwell and the 360 degree leader said, Walk slowly through the halls, walk mm. slowly through the halls. And he was saying to leaders, and this, I applied this to myself, slow down, stop rushing from meeting to meeting and walk slowly through the halls and get to know your people. That's we good. don't, we need to walk slowly through our neighborhoods. We need to walk slowly through our, through the halls of our business. We need to walk slowly through the halls of our church, through the pews, through the aisles, through whatever. We need to get to know people when you actually get to know people and you see people's hurt and you see people's pain, there's something inside of us, I think that connects all people. It's just that we have only seen them through the lens of the news or through Mm -hmm. the lens of whatever, uh, whatever slant we were already looking through social media gives you more of what you look at. So if you're looking at one slant on something that says this person is all bad, social media is going to give you more of that because it just wants to give you more of what you want to keep you into it, keep you scrolling, keep you in there. So your whole doctrine, your whole worldview gets based off of one slanted way of looking and you've never taken the time to walk with people. So John Maxwell said, walk slowly through the halls. I think as a society, as humankind, we all need to start slowing down and having conversations and getting to know people from various backgrounds and various beliefs.
0: That's so good, man. I think, you know, man, to that point, man, I don't even want to add on to it. I think if anything, just kind of moving forward in this conversation, though, when we talk about this first world, culture that we live in um we are so fast-paced
1: we are and because
0: we are so fast-paced and it 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 almost i mean it, it allows this me 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 type of reality for us Absolutely. right like that is what we live that we're is like what children we we're spoiled yeah. Uh, we, yeah i mean so spoiled man and, and then and, and to your point though with that when i think about moving forward and when i think about healing for this this nation and people in general, is that I can't help but to be reminded that even in a child's selfishness though, one of the things that you look at with children, man, is that I mean, and it's biblical too. The Bible talks about a childlike faith, right? What happens when we're children, man? Hatred isn't, uh, hatred is, we're not born with it. It's taught, right? And so there, there is a point in time where no matter how we look or no matter where we're from, like as kids, yo, like we could come up and meet each other and play with each other. Like, like we've known each other all our lives. And I think that's essential when you talk about, you know, getting past maybe your own fear or maybe your own ignorance of learning or getting a chance to connect with somebody else because of the fact that um you know we don't necessarily have all the answers on how to do it and i can't help but to think like you know what happens if we took the childlike approach to it right you know like really just being able to be like a kid and in and yes. that and why you know it's funny because a lot of times i feel like as adults we get so doggone smart and we've become man. so you know we've become so consumed in our education and yes. our our backgrounds and our you know adult life and experience that we just forget how simple things were when we were kids yes and That's how right. in those moments of simplicity man we got a chance to see some of the greatest love and some of the greatest um bonding ever you know and so i don't know, I, i'm with you 100% on that man and i think that you know just solution wise that's going to be so important as we move forward, man. Um, Lucas, what would you say to those who um, might be afraid when it comes to stepping into a greater role of leadership to be a voice in this season, but then also in the seasons to come? Uh,
1: that is, a, I mean, that is a an amazing question because that is a reality that we're often not talking about. We often don't realize that uh, people are often fearful of, What's next? And people are afraid if I step up now, will I be able to maintain the momentum? Will I be able to get the following? Will people actually want to hear what I have to say? So they cower and they hide and they never come out and become who they were supposed to be because they're afraid of it. So I'd say to those people, one, we have to acknowledge our fears. You can't overcome something you don't acknowledge. If you're going to stand there and act like you're not scared, you will never have the conversations that will set you free. Wow. So you got to say it to somebody and you got to be like, I believe that I can speak to this situation, but I am afraid that I don't know if I can carry this forward. I don't know if I have the the, the plan already laid out well enough. I, I'm not sure I need some help. And then we need to look into the power of the collective because there's a reason God made us collectivists. Like we're tribal mm-hmm. for a reason because there's power in the group, but we lose sight of that because we think even the Bible, we read the Bible as, as Americans. So we read yeah. it like it's a, a book to individuals. That, that's not what God was never talking to. Like every now and then he had a thing for one person. He'd be like, yo, Abraham, I need you to go over here. But he's like, when yeah. you go over here, you're going to create a nation. It's all about this group thing. And then you're going to do this, but uh, no way you're going to build this boat, but it's about this group thing. So his thing was always about the group. So we could get over our fears. If we knew somebody else was going to be on our team. Yeah. I'm scared to go play basketball if it's five on one. But if I can put together a squad and I can have some people on the bench so I can take a rest chance. I got a (laughs) better chance and I don't have to be afraid because I know when I get to the end of myself or I wear out or I run down, I can tag somebody else in and they're ready to run with it and they can take Mm. the message further, faster because we're doing it together. So I think to that person, they need to get over their individual mindset of I have to be everybody's solution and say, I just need to bring my, my meal to the, to the party. It's, it's, it's potluck solutions, right? I need to bring my best dish to this situation and know that someone will feed off of it and it could change the world or change at least one person's life. And that one person might change the world.
0: That's so good, man. It's funny when you said that, I thought about, uh, I watch a lot of all the smoke with uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson and uh, man, they, I mean, obviously they've been killing the game for the last what six seven, seven months years, now? Yes, yes, but they've been killing it with this podcast. As oh yes. recently okay, and just going right. bonkers, right? Yes. And so, one of the things that Matt uh, Matt Barnes has talked a lot about has been he was able to last so long in his position in the NBA um, with the ever growing talent because he was able to figure out his role, mm. and him and Stephen Jackson have talked to a lot of the younger players about that, like you know, when you get to the NBA, man, you might've been the best or you might've had to be everything, maybe in high school or maybe on your college team, but now you're coming into a space where everybody is as good or maybe sometimes better, right? Right. And so in this, we don't have to be the hero. Mm. We just have to know our role. We have to know our positioning so that we can really be the legs, arms, feet, mobilization for this machine to be its best self, right? And I think a lot of times we we think of leadership in this one eye of the individual that is out there in the forefront doing everything and that's not the case, right? right. And so in this, I think that I love what you stated with that because I think if we can take that approach, maybe what it does then and is it gives us an opportunity to reframe the narrative of leadership in our lives and essentially we'd be doing more good than harm now Absolutely. because a lot of times I think we put unnecessary pressure on ourselves to say, oh man, I need to do this and this and this. And it's like, no, take a step back. Mm-hmm. What are you most gifted in? And, and maybe even more specifically than what are you most gifted in? What, is, what are the areas of need that you're mm. seeing that need the most help right now? Yes. Right, and in that, that, how do I attack that? So that I can make sure that I'm at least helping on, on what I've been able to notice and see absolutely,
1: I agree, and that's that's the role of a leader too, and I think there say in business the, the 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 higher up you are, the more you get paid for thinking, right mm-hmm. you get paid for your brain, not your back right it's not yeah, the, yeah. the the physical labor, it's the mental labor, and you have to be able to sort out. Who's good at what? What position should people play? And sometimes we put people out of position. And this is a a problem in business that happens a lot. A lot of times uh, people promote a great widget maker to be the leader of all widget makers Mm. when they were just a really good widget maker. They have no capacity to think through what they do. Michael Jordan, for instance, amazing basketball player. He admits he is not a good coach. He's not patient enough. He does not understand why people don't think and move and feel the way he thinks and moves and feels. Mm. And he has a hard time doing that. But as you move up, in, but, Phil, but a Phil Jackson wasn't nearly the player that a Michael Jordan was, but he was masterful at getting the best and the most out of people and Love putting it, even people yeah. like a John Paxson and a Steve Kerr and these peripheral players in position to shine and be great in the moments when they need to be great. Great leadership is helping put people as, as in the book, Good to Great says, put them in the right seat on the bus. You got to get them in the right seat doing the right things. And that is the task of great leadership. That's, what need, that's what's needed in business churches. And in our country, we got to figure out who are the leaders, and then we got to get everybody else in the right position to do their job really well.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. I love, I love what you said there, and I, I love what you what you put out there too. Two things that come to mind as we get ready to wrap this up. The first, um, you you made a point, and you said leadership, and the, I guess it was the way you said it, but it made me think about this concept that I've, I've worked out for maybe the last seven to eight years, which is this idea of leadership versus boss ship, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people definitely, and I'm sure you've seen I this did. on the corporate side, it's very easy for people to confuse leadership and boss ship. We as leaders, definitely those who are overseeing individuals, but well, we'll just use the workforce for it as an example but it's very easy to think that we're leading people by being a boss, mm. by simply saying that I'm over you, I'm giving you commands, I'm giving you right. orders and I'm barking at you. And you have mastered the craft of being a boss, right? Mm. But the leader takes a different approach to where the leader can listen, the leader understands that they are not the only voice when it yes. comes to you know, helping and solutions. And then of course too, the leader wants to be able, you said it earlier in a point that you were making, the leader wants to be the one who can actually help and equip others to take it further than what they can, right? right. And so I think as we move forward, new way of thinking, because we are getting ready to, sh- we're, we're already shifting in a new normal in this world as a whole, right? right and with this new normal, one of the things that I'm thinking of is that we have got to re- frame leadership when it comes to i think we've been so used to seeing people with this i'm the boss mentality mm-hmm. but not necessarily seeing individuals that flow and function in a space of leadership that aren't necessarily um sprouting out their insecurities as soon as they latch arms with another leader that might be on the cusp of being great like them or maybe that already are there and and now they're doing things to pigeonhole them, to keep mm. them, you know, pushed down and, and not realizing that in doing this, they're actually stifling mm. something that can be so good and so beneficial moving mm. forward. Right? And so, yes. and, 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 and to that, I just want to, I just want to hear you when it comes to. What are some ways that you as a leader have been able to deal with yourself to not allow the boss aspect to oversee the leadership in moments where you were supposed to be pouring out rather than bleeding out on those mm. who are coming up after you? Uh,
1: phenomenal, phenomenal. First of all, phenomenal statement. You phenomenal felt that, bitch? You?
0: <laughs> uh, you see, it took
1: me a second to catch my breath. I said, whoo, boss ship. I don't even know if I heard of that before. That is. Powerful stuff right there, oh. so yes we how do you how do you overcome it? I think first of all it, it's always about the truth and I, I just believe in that you know the truth will set you free and there's there's truth to know about ourselves and to know we have a natural inclination toward being selfish. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's human nature. It's self-preservation. It's putting ourselves in the best spot to have enough food, to have safety and security and to be able to take care of our families. So mm-hmm. we have to recognize that, that even in business a lot of times, or in any organization, nonprofit, churches, wherever, there's this natural inclination for leaders to protect their space. They That's want to make right. sure that the next great thing doesn't come up and mess up their kingdom, right? Their thing mm-hmm. that they've been building because they worked so hard to get in this seat, that, that they just don't want to ever relent and let go of it. And the sad thing is leaders that hold on so tight, I always think of it like sand. It's like if you hold sand too tight, it goes, between, it goes through your fingers. Sometimes leaders are holding on to power so tight that it's actually slipping through their fingers because they're overdoing it and they're not empowering people and they can't do it all by themselves, but they're trying to do it all by themselves or they're trying to take all the credit. We have to get over that. Great leadership is giving the credit and taking the blame. It's if, if it goes wrong, it's on me. If it goes right, it's because we, the people and everyone around me helped make it great. So from early on as a leader, that was something that I always wanted to do. And I, and I basically, in my mind in an organization, I just flipped the org chart. I just said the people at the bottom are really on the top and the people at the top are really on the bottom because mm. I don't have a job. I, my job was an administrator, uh, running a business and an executive director. And I worked in an office and had a nice office and things all reported into me. Well, I, I said, well, I don't have a job if they don't do their job. There's nothing mm-hmm. to administer as an administrator if people aren't in the trenches doing their job. So I can't act like I'm more, how could, how could I be more important? There is no business without all those people. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I shifted and I said, I'm always going to treat them like they're more important than me because so they good. are. There's no payroll to run. There's no HR to do. There's nothing, there's nothing to sell. There's nothing to talk about if I don't have all these great people doing their job. So if leaders would shift their mind and say, there is no corner office without all that stuff, there is no uh, pension, there is no 401k, there is no money coming in without all these people doing all these thankless jobs. So I need to be the one, if nobody else in the world thanks them, I'm gonna thank them because I don't have what I have and I'm not who people think I am if it wasn't for them. So flip that org chart upside down and see yourself as, as a servant leader serving your people.
0: That's good, man. And it's funny because you, you see a lot of people now use the term servant leader just because it sounds good and looks yeah. good. But yeah. I, I I believe that when we talk about uh, servitude, um, it, it's a fruit that will show. And so you can get a lot of folks who call themselves that good old servant leader, yeah. but it's like, ah, when I get a chance to see how your organization or how whatever it is that you are overseeing is functioning, that's when we we'll really get that. a chance to It'll see, tell on you. You know, it, yeah. it will. It will. Yes. And so- and I think and, and, and it'll tell in different ways. It'll tell if you get a chance to walk through and see it, but it'll also tell in this, and I've, I've said this for the longest period of time, the body is a representation of the head. Yes. And so I think when we talk about leadership, man, we've got to start paying attention to the bodies that are around us and you hit that perfectly. So I'm not going to add into that. I think that's great. Um Man, I, I am so grateful just to be able to have this time to talk to you about this today, like I said, and, and my hope and prayer is that for those of you all listening in, that you take from this and that in this you get a chance to really just learn and dive in to maybe your area of leadership, where you're gifted, maybe you have felt yourself being pulled and tugged and challenged with all of the stuff that's going on in the world around us. And you know that there's more that you can and or should be doing. And I just want to encourage you to do it, man. And and Lucas, you really drove it home, man, with all of the points that you put out here today. And I just want to say thank you for that. Hey, before we wrap this up, there are two things I want to do, man. Any last words you want to give just to uh, just to pour into those who, who might be in this space, um, who, who might be afraid, who are on the cusp of, of jumping in and doing it, man. Just anything you want to give to the listeners before we close out.
1: Absolutely. First, second uh, to, to what you said, I want to thank you for having me here on your show. Um, as you know, and as you said before, I'm a huge fan. I've been a fan for many years. Um, like watching Ryan, you brother. go and grow and shine and speak and, It's just like amazing. I mean, I've I've joked with you that I have friends who you were coming into a town near us and they were ready to load up a van. I mean, they were like, (laughs) we like, we on, we in, we going, we're going to be Richard Taylor Jr. And we didn't know you as well. We were, we weren't maybe friends at that point. We were still just more fans and we just started seeing you live on Periscope and you were just so consistent and so passionate and so pure and so true. And I just thank you for being you. The world needs it. Um, appreciate you, brother. And I think to the world, to those out there who are listening, there's room for more Richard Taylor Jr.'s. There's room for more Lucas Tyndale's. There's room for more uh, of all the leaders you can think of throughout history. There's room. Don't think, well, they're already doing it, so I don't want to do it. Uh, they're, they're, they already got that. Well, no, there's so many more people who need what someone like Richard or myself is doing. So people need to go out there and be bold in their gifts. They need to step up. To, there, there's no time to wait. I think if 2020 taught us anything, it's that is the urgency of right now. Right now, we have to yeah, make change. Yeah. Right now, we have to do something to impact this world. We're running out of time. And tomorrow, we knew tomorrow wasn't promised. But when 100,000 people plus die in our country of, of a disease that didn't even exist a year ago, we need to wake up and realize that in, no one's tomorrow is promised. And I live every day. One thing I tell everybody is today affects tomorrow's regrets. Today affects tomorrow's regrets. I can't go back to yesterday, but I can live today so that tomorrow, I don't regret how I lived on tomorrow's yesterday. So when I get to tomorrow, I'm gonna look back and say, oh, I'm proud of who he was. I'm proud of what he did. But right now in this moment, I get to control how I'm gonna feel about me tomorrow Mm -hmm. in this moment. I also live like, maybe I asked God to, maybe I prayed tomorrow or a month from now. And I said, God, if you could just take me back to that date and time and give me a chance not to do something stupid. What if he brought me back to this moment, but he said, you're not going to remember that I brought you back to this moment. That's the only caveat. I'm taking you back, but you can't remember. What if this is my do-over, and I'm messing up again? I can't mess up. I got to be yeah. all that I'm supposed to be, all that I was created to be today, because for all I know, this is my fifth chance at it, and this is my last one.
0: I don't know. Hey, but let's go. live
1: it out every day, and let's start Yo, reading. that is.
0: So good, man, that is so good. I keep getting thoughts, man. So Lucas, this is what I'm gonna do. I know that we are literally at the halfway point of this month. Let's have a follow up. Let's do a part two to this conversation before the month is over. And you said something that really got me. Today was the igniting for many leaders to say, hey, I need to hop into this and I need to embrace and embody this space of leadership. The next thing that I want to cover with you that I think is so important will be the integrity in leadership. Mm, I love it. Because as we move forward and as we see this new normal, there will be opportunities that we could take Mm. that might not be the best. And if we can help some people- Yes. If we can help some people not to have to do the fourth or the fifth time around, yes, yes, you yes. know, I think that would be good. So let's do that. This is part one. We will call this part one, but before we get off and before we do a part two, Lucas, please tell the people where they can find you website, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine, bro. I love it. You can find me on most
1: social media platforms at Lucas Tindell. That's L U C A S. T-I-N-D-E-L-L, at Lucas Tyndale. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Got some great stuff going on. A new show I started two months ago called Lucas Live. I had the wonderful Richard Taylor Jr. as a guest on my show just this past week. Make sure you check out that episode and many more. Um, Shout out to the She Wins Society. Had a whole week on uh, a group of women, a sisterhood organization that is just doing dynamic work and supporting each other and doing great things. Um, I've had so many other great guests on the show. So make sure you check that out. Also, Lucas Live Media. Make sure you check out Lucas Live Media on Facebook. And that will be the website coming soon, Lucas Live Media. And you can also go to my website right now, Tyndale Training, and see a little more about some of the work my wife and I do and some things we do around relationships. And uh, check that out. But at Lucas Tyndale is where you can find me.
0: Oh man, you just gave me a bomb idea. Maybe we do one where we have the girls on here, and we hey, we, we have a good we. You know, let's I think I think that we might have to do that for July, <laughs> to baby. You know, all right, we got to do this. But I think go. that's gonna be good, man. That might have it. to be a full live cast where we put that, that video fun. up on YouTube, man. I think it would be dope. I, that would be so good, man. I'd love it. I'm looking forward to it. So, look, this is what we'll do. We'll set up that part two. But for right now, you all, please. Meditate and rest in on this space. Mr. Lucas Tyndale, all the way from Canton, Ohio. Thank you once again. You're rocking at Ohio State Cap today. My pleasure. I can't yes, even, sir. I can't give you, I can't give you can't a hard time. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do it today. No, I'm so sure not, you know, not today. But but soon enough. I got you, man. Hey, much love to you, brother, and to you my too, listeners. My as always, you are not losing in life. You are not failing. You are simply between the dream. I pray that you all have a great week. Looking looking forward, excuse me, to coming back later on this week, just for a quick one-off to talk to you all in some ways that we can take care of our mental health this week. Until then, you're not losing a life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream. Peace.